This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, you've picked a pretty good one to check in on. Usually, we like to interview uh, a guest to talk about movies or video games or comic books, that sort of thing. But we also do these specials whenever there's a major Marvel or DC event, pop culture event. Uh, And we've got one. After more than a year, Black Widow and Marvel are back in the theaters. We've got uh, Scarlett Johansson back in what appears to be probably the last appearance of her in the MCU. Maybe we'll talk to Ian Kerner about it, but yeah, this is a Geekscape special. We'll be talking about Black Widow, the big new Marvel movie that came out this past weekend. So there's going to be tons of spoilers. I want to warn you about that because we do very much get into it. Uh, Bolt T right off the bat has said, Hey, there's a shelf in the background. Let me explain myself to those of you who are watching this live on YouTube, Facebook, or on Twitch. Um, there's like rolling power outages here in Los Angeles because of the heat. Um, and I wasn't confident that we were going to have power at my house where I normally broadcast. So I came over to my buddy Andy's. Andy, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. <laughs> my good buddy Andy uh, lives nearby and he has power. So I'm going to broadcast this uh, stream from uh, Andy's. And Andy has a whole like wonderful geek shelf behind me, which just looks awesome. And, uh, there's some geek stuff on this side. There's definitely a lot more geek stuff on the other side here in Andy's fortress of geekitude. He's got this one. This is pertinent to the conversation today. Here's a Black Widow Funko Pop from Civil War. We'll be talking about that. And, uh, you know, if, if y'all are eagle-eyed, you might notice, like, some of the uh, vehicles from the Mask cartoon. There's some Star Wars stuff in there. For sure, if it's Andy Rattinger, we got some Indiana Jones, Raiders of Lost Ark stuff going down because... That's Andy's favorite movie of all time. Uh, Andy's usually a frequent, uh, you know, guest on our Facebook group. He usually checks out the Facebook group. Um, So check that out if you want to talk to Andy a little bit. We have a guest, though, for this. Really a co-host, a specialist. Uh, That would be Ian Kerner. Ian Kerner's going to be talking Black Widow with me. And, um, you know, when I go see these 
movies when I watch these Marvel movies and it felt good to be back in a theater watching a Marvel film. Um, I'm always like uh, asking myself, um, what does Ian think about this movie? Like, what does Ian think? And more importantly than that, like, what can I learn from Ian on this stuff? Because Ian is the the human comic book encyclopedia. But here's Ian now on the show. And uh, Ian, buddy, this is the Black Widow special. Here we are. We're gonna we're gonna spoil some stuff. So if you're watching live, be ready to have some Black can, Widow. Can stuff I just say how, how nice it was to be seeing a Marvel movie in the theater again? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and I felt I don't remember why I couldn't attend with you and Justin, but that's usually the way it like goes us? down. <laughs> no, I, I would have loved to go, and y'all got to go to the brand new theater that opened up near us. So yeah. I've been wait. I, I I can't wait to go see a movie in that theater. Um, there's a brand new Regal near us, and. Uh, it would have been fun to see it, but I had to wait till the next day and see it in the middle of the day uh, if I was going to see it on weekend of release. I couldn't wait to see it. I'm with you, man. I couldn't wait to see a Marvel film back in the theater. And uh, you and I do not know what each other think of this Black Widow movie. No. Uh, which is goes back to the very beginning of Geekscape when we would talk about a film without knowing what the other one thought about it. Which was, used to be very hard because we used to, the rule was we would see them together but not discuss what we thought. <laughs> we immediately had to like leave. We'd walk out of the movie and just not talk to each other. <laughs> We'd have to go in opposite directions. We couldn't even look at each other afterwards. And that's what geeks like to do. They like to come out of these movies and immediately start dissecting every nook and cranny of the narrative and of the characters. And we're going to do that today. You, you are the human comic book encyclopedia. And uh, you know, like where these characters come from in the comics, how far they go back, their relations, and how that translates to their versions in the MCU. So we're going to get into all of that. But Ian, right off the top, for the podcast listeners and for those viewing live, what did you think of this movie? Because it's kind of a curious one in the Marvel universe. Because this is a character that we saw die earlier in uh, Endgame, and now we have a movie with her that fits well, somewhere earlier in the timeline and we, we're still kind of bidding well, first her a fair, of all, farewell i mean let, let's just say that you know i mean there was conversation about black widow movie for a very long time right i mean mm-hmm. so early in the mcu and took forever for it to happen and a part of me almost feels like it's a bit tongue-in-cheek that it takes place you know five years ago right i yeah. mean not that it was intentional but it sort of feels like a, yeah this movie should have come out five years ago Knowing, I mean, having seen the movie, and clearly the movie should have actually come out a year ago because yeah, it would yes, have. But Lord, I'm just saying that in terms of like them, you know, like Black Widow should have gotten a movie a long time ago, you know, yes, and they, they finally got it. So I think it's sort of a tongue in cheek thing. Um, so I was excited about the movie. I think that for the longest time, people wondered um, what we'd get in a Black Widow movie. I think they expected it to be very dark. I actually read um, an interview with Kate Shortland, the uh, director, who said that she purposely did not go that way and you know in the movie it feels like a marvel movie you know even the things that are dark about it's still fun comic booky in a good way you know you have some good little wise cracky stuff and and the you know and they do character well you know so that's the thing is the stuff between her and yelena and all the quote-unquote family members uh, is, is great you know i i really enjoyed the movie is it a great movie it's not a great movie. It's a fun movie. It's a good comic book movie. I think it does what it sets out to do. I, have a, yeah. I mean, I, I have my quibbles as we often end up, you know, seeing when we do these specials, but you know, but I, I enjoyed the movie. 
I think you and I would have come out of that theater and we would have agreed on most of this. I mean, this is a movie that from the, I had heard going into this film, some of the reviewers had started to put their opinions up on, on uh, Twitter in different places. And I had heard that it was an average 90s spy movie. I did not think that watching the film at all. I thought this was a really enjoyable spy movie that with Marvel characters in it, I had a blast watching this movie. Like you, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, this is one of my favorite solo Marvel films. I mean, those Avengers movies are such events that it makes these solo Marvel films feel like less events, even though they're events. Uh, but yeah. I thought this was a really strong solo Marvel movie. And I think they did a really great job of telling this story, which in the comics is a really amorphous story. I mean, uh, Natasha Romanoff has a very, very, like, uh, there's no definitive origin story for her in the comics because she's had so many different interpretations and redos. Uh, and I mean, we can talk about that. Well, wait a second. Here, yeah. we've, got, we've got her definitive origin with some gaps being filled in, but still some room left to to, to fill in some stuff maybe in the future. But if, if this is the send-off for Scarlett Johansson as the Black widow i thought that this was a really good send-off she did a great job everybody did a great job the character stuff was really good and i thought that the overall anti-patriarchal message of the film and the metaphor of mind controlling women and their bodies being used without their choice and having to free them i thought was awesome and in 2021 to have that message if this movie had come out five years ago yes it definitely would have still been there i think in 2021 it's super important. And I thought the movie did a great job of using that metaphor. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's hard not to pay attention to, you know, the, uh, the analyses of box office. And it, I'm just thinking a lot about what you just said. You know, it, it's become this thing, like from the get-go, Marvel movies, they're all compared to the last one, everything else, you yeah. know. I remember when Ant-Man was coming out, I was like, no, Ant-Man was never going to be you know, as big as an Avengers movie and no one should expect it to be. It doesn't mean it's a disappointment, you know, and right. same thing with this. But I mean, what's interesting is it, it's a Marvel movie. It's an event, you know, this has the benefit of, you know, nothing having come out for so long, but, but of course what's hurting it is the day and date, you know, is the coronavirus still being out there? They, they chose to, you know, I'm sure plenty of people that are watching this special, you know, will not have not gone to the theater. Um, honestly, I've been conflicted. Not, I, mean, I, I was always going to the theater and I'm vaccinated, but um, my wife was very busy and wasn't able to go. Um, and she still is interested in seeing it. My stepson both, and I have both seen it already. So I'm trying to decide, do I go to the theater again or do I just buy it? You know, and it's tricky because so it's a big movie. You want to see it on the big screen, but she doesn't care about the action shots, which by the way, I thought were great. I thought the fight sequences were great. You know, um, mm -hmm. I thought it was just the movie was just really well done. Yeah. And what had this director done before, Ian? Do um, we know? I don't know. I'm not, because I, don't know. I, don't know because I, I thought that was oh, she was, handled, a, she was a big indie director. Yeah. I mean, I thought that stuff was handled well. Um, and we can get through it because there's a lot of questions. Jonathan, that... you, you stumped me with, with, with a question I did not expect. <laughs> but right off the bat, Ian, I just got to tell you. Um, some she of these did a people... movie called Love. Yeah. And Be uh, Berlin Syndrome. Yeah, these are indie films. Lore, but, Somersault. Uh, but, but Ian, um, right, off the, right off the bat, I have to address some of these comments. Big Yanks is saying, I'm here for sexy Ian. 
while Bold T says, Ian should have been cast as Cable. Well, they might be redoing Cable, so hold hold your horses. No, well, Cable should be really big, you know? Well, tell that to Tom Cruise, all right, pal? Apple boxes do wonders, okay? Okay. Don't you worry about that. We'll take care of you. Um, And then uh, Bolt T says, uh, you know, I thought the movie was very good, but it didn't have a holy macaroni moment. And it it didn't have that. That's fair. Yeah, you can say that's fair. I thought... I was into the what I love the most, Ian, is I like that opening, the the, the mid '90s opening. You start to get a bit of the backstory. It feels like the Americans. I love that you know Russian spies hiding out in the U.S. and then they got to go. I love that. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love David. And I didn't expect the, that, but right away the movie opened great. up. I'm like, all right. And, and the casting. Someone told me I guess that was uh, Mila Jovovich's daughter. Sure. That played, sure, played I Natasha. It. She was great. And when when uh, David Harbour. You know, instead of like saying David Harbour's character has a super version of the super soldier serum in him, you just get him flipping a giant dumpster out of the way. Yeah. And you're like, okay, now we're partying. Yeah. And this is a Marvel movie, not just an episode of the Americans. Americans, yeah. It's great. And, and this is fun. And I'm into this. The next giant action sequence, which I expected to have a lull in the, in the film, was actually the one where Elena is chasing down uh the vials you don't know that they're the vials you just know that it's something in a briefcase mm-hmm. and i thought that was a really good sequence not necessarily i mean we've seen the rooftop chase in spy movies before sure. but what was really good about it was it quickly threw you into the plot when she gets that cloud of red dust in her face and you realize that it woke her up mm-hmm. from the uh mind control that had been done to her in the red room and now that she's awake she might she's one of many black widows that she has to down kind of uh deal with but also the bigger goal of waking them up and she immediately feels terrible about killing this person and she has a conscience the whole mind control aspect is really quickly introduced in that sequence i thought this the the opening of this movie is really pretty economic and did a really good job of setting up the plot and sometimes the openings of these movies are a little bit more laborious and lay a little bit too much ground that you don't need in and the action suffers for it. I don't think that at any point the action suffered for this, uh, for, for the plot. And I think the only time I was actually lulled out of the movie was when they actually get to the Red Room and they split narratives where the four characters each have different goals. But And I understand the... Did you think too much was going on? No, no. I thought it, exactly what was going on should have been going on. It should have been better communicated so for instance like when the red guardian is left to deal with taskmaster uh you know his wife just goes splitsville to to do a goal that we didn't necessarily know what she was off to do but they didn't communicate like hey i'll cover for you it was just another gag of he turns around and she's not there and yelena's narrative at that point was well, like did, did, i guess were, were you fooled about the taking up? her in part no because... no no the, the 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 mask stuff i thought was really cool and very clever yeah the fi- the fighting in the red room by being taken captive and then flipping the tables i thought and, was really and by clever. the way and they've done that in marvel before but i kind of liked it because it was just so mission impossible you know totally which totally. is so much of this movie is 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 sort of that right I, yeah I, no i think where that one sequence really being the only time that i wasn't that I was like, okay, where is this going? Was that there were four narratives that they had to uh, satisfy. And it's not until the Red Room starts to s- being destroyed. And they, then it's very clear. Let's get the hell out of here and just escape the Red Room. I thought that was a lot of fun. But the whole idea of like having to wake up the Black Widows, et cetera, et cetera, I thought that was a little long. But um, 
and and whose goal was it right we lose track of the characters for a little bit and then you you, you cut back to red guardian after a few minutes and still fighting taskmaster that's a fight i would have loved to see and i'm glad we finally got a taskmaster fight late a little later in the movie um so i have a bunch of things i want to say uh I want first you to of say all them. first of all so unfortunately I had someone had mentioned to me about the the gender swap thing about Taskmaster going into the movie without any other details. Mm-hmm. But knowing that, I early in the movie it was obvious to me that it was going to be the, the daughter, you know. Okay. But um, but I watched the movie looking for okay, is this a problem for me or not? Um, honestly, I kind of can't get my brain around uh, why make Taskmaster look like a man if it's a woman. Sure. Why? I understand that, Chris. I, I don't yeah. see any benefit for it. Other than branding from a character that we already know from the branding comics. From Most people don't know it. Yeah. No, wait, branding from a character. But I'm saying, even in story, I didn't see a reason why did, does a male Taskmaster instill more fear? I mean, I you know? And yes, the branding, of course. I mean, I, I sort of feel like it's like, why did it have to be a woman? Well, because this way she was part of the Widow program. That made sense. Mm hmm. But I don't quite get the why of it. I don't get the, the real a, a good point. Other than, yes, branding is the reason. But, ooh, and here's a twist. Like, that's, the, that's really the only, oh, the thing I didn't expect, you know, twist in the movie was that, right? Arguably, the, the, the mask technology thing, which in the mask was in the background at Melina's. But, you know, right. so that, I, I, you know, I, I'm, still, I'm struggling with that a bit. Look, here's the thing. You know, when I when I saw that Taskmaster was going to be in the movie, you know, Taskmaster in comics is a mutant. So mm-hmm. right away you have to go, okay, what's going to be the alternate explanation? You know, we had the same thing with um, Wanda and Pietro. You know, yep. and we saw that it was, um, you know, the uh, you know, that they were mutated by the Infinity Stone. So I have a question. You're wearing a Hawkeye shirt. And we know that in the upcoming Hawkeye series, they've cast Echo, who's ability is to mimic mimic, uh, yeah. mimic fighting abilities after yeah. so, she Very fights somebody to taskmaster. Uh, identical to taskmaster so do they do this to distance from echo knowing that echo's coming up but maybe again we don't know how echo's going to do it we don't know mm-hmm. what the source of her abilities is going to be uh atomic anvil does agree with me i mean i agree with his sentiments that we got a criminally low amount of taskmaster uh are we going to see more taskmaster coming up uh while it's possible, I would think not. I really, I felt that they treated that as if she was a, abused, and it's not exactly the kind of technology and thing that she would want to be doing willfully, you know. So it felt like a one and done to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my homie Garrett Riones says, I "Absolutely loved the film. My favorite aspect was the family. I agree, it was great. I loved all the dynamics and how it, yeah. uh, they connected the four of them together. I felt it was a great send off." for Natasha and I think we agree 100% there. On, yeah, I agree. Look, you know, here's the thing. I went into this movie thinking, you know, there's room for them to do more movies if they wanted to. Um I think these next few days will be interesting because in the one sense I think that Disney just to say that they're happy with the numbers, I would expect a sequel, but it sounds like Scarlett's ready to be done. Sure. Sure, you know, or she's I mean, ready to make Chris Evans and Tony Stark cameo uh, or in Robert Downey cameo money. Yeah. I mean, that's possible too, but, you know, but except that a cameo only works. I mean, the only way you get movies with her at this point is going to be in the interim period. And I don't expect other movies of that nature. Now, having said that, my biggest problem with the movie, right at the end, camera goes black. 
when Thunderbolt Ross is about to come to arrest her, and then it's two weeks later, you know, and she's blonde now with Mason, and she's obviously setting up going to rescue everyone in Civil War. So now we're we're basically told that the entire movie took place, you know, between the end of Civil War and the epilogue in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Right? When you see Cap show up in the in the prison yes, and start that, rescue, breaking the Natasha's yes. obviously flying mm-hmm. the Quinjet, right? Um how does she get out? Is this a, we just assume she could get away from Thunderbolt Ross? Or is this a story that they purposely didn't tell us here because it's going to be relevant somewhere else? I Would it be that interesting to watch her escape from Thunderbolt Ross again? I'm not saying it would, but why do it? Why right. set it up that way? They didn't need to set it up that way. She could have just gone off with everybody else. Thunderbolt Ross didn't even have to even be showing up. She could have right. just left. Why is she yeah. standing there waiting to be caught and then she's not caught? Mind you, why is she even waiting? I mean, they're mm-hmm. all taken off. Why couldn't she fly with them and be dropped off anywhere? Right. I, I, that was my, uh, honestly, that was a really big issue I had with the movie. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Did it ruin it for you? It didn't completely ruin the movie for me, but it bothered me a lot. <laughs> sure. And, and, uh, you, did you not see my point? Am I crazy here? No, I, I I do see your point. Um, a part of me just loves the fact that they're bringing that they brought William Hurt back. I mean, we have not seen him. A I whole loved lot seeing since William Hurt earlier, and I think we're going to get a lot more of him. You think that we're going to get a lot more of him because we're about to see an abomination presence in some of the future properties? So, so yes, and and more than that. So here's the thing. So we had we haven't seen... we haven't even talked about Yelena yet, but yes. we will. We will. Yes. So we had already seen. And, you know, even though it came out in the wrong order, we've already seen um, Contessa, Valentina, Allegra de la Fontaine, Julie Louis-Dreyfus' character, mm-hmm. show up in Falcon Winter Soldier and recruit U.S. agent. Sure. Okay. And now we see her coming for Yelena at the end of the movie, you know, in the epilogue, which is now taking place after um, everyone comes back from the snap, Natasha's dead. So, you know... I'm of the opinion that, you know, and she says that, you know, she, she makes it pretty clear in Falcon Winter Soldier that she's recruiting, she's putting something together. So mm-hmm. it seems to me we have to recognize that at the moment in the MCU, there aren't Avengers. Or, I mean, if there are, you know, I mean. They're disparate. It, yeah, because there's no Iron Man. There's no Steve Rogers, Captain America. So Sam Wilson has just become Captain America. And I think that what we're going to see is I think we're going to have somewhat shady government sanctioned team. Um, they could co-opt the, t- the name Avengers, in which case it'd be more dark Avengers. I think they're going to go with Thunderbolts. So I think that makes sense. And, sure. th- and I'm calling out Thunderbolt Ross's involvement. Okay. Oh, I think yeah. that that's also, I, I, I think that they might have Zemo as part of it, which would be a callback to original Thunderbolts. But how does Zemo work alongside of John Walker, who is pretty adamant about arresting him and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, listen, I, I think there's going to be a, a, a sense of that. Like it might be, you know, hey, you got to follow orders and, and we're using them the same way, you know, the American government used Nazi scientists, you know? Okay. Okay. It's one of those uh, things. And so um, the question goes back to, I think I was hinting at Abomination being the Hulk equivalent so, on that. So we're, this is where I'm, go- so I'm saying. So we have Abomination showing up in Shang-Chi and then he's going to show up in She-Hulk. So... What I'm seeing is, I think it's Thunderbolts, but along the lines of Dark Avengers with Avengers analogs, okay? Meaning, you know, characters that are like Avengers or way. It's like, that's the slot in the team, right? right. That, so that's who do we where, got so That's far? where I think they're going. What's that? 
So who do we got so far? So we have U.S. Agent in the cap at the cap analog. We have Yelena as the Black Widow analog. We have Abomination as the um, Hulk. Hulk analog. Does Rhodey I play think a we're going to get Enchantress, which is Sylvie and Loki, mm-hmm. as the as Guardian analog for like what Thor? have you? Thor Guardian. Okay. Yeah, but by you and I know we'll, we'll. I'm sure we'll do Loki next week, but I think Sylvie is basically the Enchantress. Yes, I mean the Loki thing. So, she's enchant. She's in trying to enchant everything over in that Loki right, series. Right. Sure. So the Iron Man analog remains to be seen. I don't think it's Rhodey because Rhodey wouldn't go with them. So we're going to get something else. You know, we have both Armor Wars coming up with Rhodey, and we have Ironheart coming up. But I don't see either of them as being on this team. Right. So I, I you know, but there are other options. I mean, look, I, you know, I don't. They're not bringing Mickey Rourke back. No, but are you they know? bringing Sam Rockwell but, back? Or are they? Bringing... I was about to say, but Justin Hammer. Right. You know. You know. Did you put him in armor? Maybe. Right. You know, so there's a lot of options that you could do for an Iron Man analog, right? Yeah, uh, Big Gang actually wants to know. You may know this from some of your friends. What's Mickey work up to, Ian? That he oh, can't come back as Whiplash. Well, he could. I just think he he's, he's, he's <laughs> talked a lot of trash about Marvel movies, and I think he's the worst thing about Iron Man too. Yes. Uh, no. I Iron Man two is a Iron Man two. I think was serving trying to service a lot of masters. I mean, the okay. origin of, of Black Widow being one of them, and I think that the movie sure. suffers for it. Yeah. Well, that it's first, really more yeah. of an introduction of her, not not so much an origin. I know. Stay, but but it, it feels a pretty stuffed there. Yeah. And yeah. That, um, that, for, that second Iron Man movie. Yeah, yeah. That, that, there's things wrong with it. So, okay. you, so here's the thing. So, are we getting a Dark Avengers film or series? It's a really good question because they're ta- you know they're seeding what that is, you know, in a very clever way through a lot of different things. I don't think we're even going to see the the ramifications of that till the next phase and my, my theory is they're going to do that to then have the avengers form again a new avengers are going to have avengers. to form an answer to that right the malign the 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 maligning team the team that kind of ruins yes. the, the avengers thing and now you have sam wilson stepping up after or during his solo film well right because he's going to become captain america and establish that and then it's going to have to be him leading the charge to bring you know new avengers together right potentially bringing back wanda or vision whatever state they are after the continuation of their stories yes i mean with could dr wanda, strange could wanda, quite, what's I, that? I was i was gonna say could wanda be part of that dark avengers thunderbolts team Maybe, because of whatever happened. question is you know did, did she, you know how bad does she go beyond dr strange that she could the other question is white vision. Which way does he go? Right. Well, you know? white vision. So, yeah. So there's a lot of things, and, and you know. And by the way, I'm sure the him being white is a is a setting. So it's like his choice to stay that way or not. So the white, well, yeah, but the white vision also doesn't have the power stone or the the mind. That's right. The mind gem. It doesn't have the mind gem, and it could that be redownloaded from the Condon supercomputer well listen him not having the mind stone the theory was in what shuri was saying was you know most of him is there so it doesn't affect his powers and his abilities right. it just affects his personality sure and you know the idea of you know, him actually you know being more than just a computer program but seemingly at the end there it worked and he is so i don't, I don't think that him not having the stone is going to matter no, and you can get one from any, uh, you know. Yes, he, uh, he, 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 TVA Loki can get one. Yeah, Loki can get one. They're pocket. Right. Yeah, 
<laughs> they're, they're all just what when, when we'll see in a week when and, we do the and, Loki special, right? What, and, what the status is of all those? And, and look, power and I'll stones. say I'll say this now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you haven't said you know spoilers for Loki, but we're not in episode six yet. But Kang's coming. There's no question that Kang is coming. Yeah, I doubt Kang is coming in Loki, but I uh, think I he's think, showing up. I think we're getting at you, least a cameo. Do you really, friendo? Yes, I do. Dude, it's Chronopolis. It's everything is pointing to Kang. It actually said Kang Industries, you know, which is a nod well, to what, one the of the Q, versions. Yeah, of right. It's yeah. everything is screaming Kang. I think we're getting the cameo. The fact that they told us so long ago that he's going to be in Quantumania is because they're already using him. I think we're going to get a hint. Uh, you know what? A hint of Kang, which is the we'll be getting that, a hint left and the, right. I think we're getting that's the cologne that Kang anyway, uses. But the point is, though, that I don't think that um, the Ant Man movie is the end all of using Kang. In the same I, way, I agree. Having Thanos in Guardians and Guardians Two wasn't the end all of using Thanos. I think we're leading to a very big Kang storyline, and I don't think it's resolved in Phase Four. I think it probably goes into Phase Five or Phase Six. You don't think that Phase Four is the multiverse storyline? It may well be, but I don't think I don't know that Kang is resolved in it. And then, I mean, the fa- then by the way, phase five is maybe a mutant storyline or a cosmic storyline. Maybe, maybe. Look, Four. here's the thing. I mean, they, they have a lot of things they can play with. I think that in my mind, the way you resolve the multiverse storyline is Secret War. You know, um, mm-hmm. more the recent one with bat with the more recent hodgepodge battle world than the original. Yeah, that's a Fantastic Four story, though. It would it be a Fantastic Four I, I, story. I think in this so. Instance? I think the fact that this phase ends with Fantastic Four, I think, is telling. Mm-hmm. So you think we're going to get yeah. a Secret War film? Um, yeah, or, I, would think, I, uh, I would think or a Secret, a fi- Secret War would, would be a film because I think it's too big to be a series. I mean, argu- an interesting argument because a series is bigger in the sense of the amount of time and things you can play with it. Um, and, I, and maybe budget-wise, it's similar. Although I, ultimately, I think you know, feature is bigger budgeted, right? Yes. But these series are pretty big. These series are huge, and we do have a bunch of these quote-unquote street-level characters starting to pop up, right? We have Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Shang Chi does have some level of cosmic mysticism stuff going on in it, but for the most part, is a street-level character. You have the Hawkeye. Well, the well, by the way, so, so Shang Chi. Let's just reference Shang Chi real quickly. So one of the things okay. that I like that they're doing with Shang Chi is they're fixing the Iron Man Mandarin issues, the oh, Ten Rings, goodness. and goodness. and I think that by seeing Fin Fang Foom in that um, trailer it says to me that they are in fact the McLuhan Rings, which is, is what they a, are in the comic. Is it a dream sequence? The Fin Fang Foom I don't think so. Okay, I hope not, because again, the rings are McLuhan rings that come from Fin Fang Foom's race. In the comics. <laughs> Ian Kerner, my friend, this is why I have you on this podcast. You are the human comic book encyclopedia. That's amazing that you just dropped that knowledge. Well, anyway, the, the, the point is that, you know, whereas Shang-Chi, you don't usually deal with that stuff, but I like that they are. I think mm-hmm. it's cool that they are. Um, and, you know, and the fact that Shang-Chi has been an Avenger, I think that that's a way to have him level up. Sure. You know? Um, so yeah, I very much like that. Um, you think he might be an Avenger when all is said and done that he yeah, might have one, a place one in the team? Be, what for, for, you know, to use the way Marvel likes to repurpose Marvel MC likes to repurpose comic book titles. I think mm-hmm. a new Avenger, you know? Sure. And that would be Bendis's new Avenger that has a pretty strange team, including, you know, some classic. Well, well, Avengers well by, like by the, the way, I mean, stuff, Spider-Man yeah. as an Avenger came from that. Spider-Man right. Was an Avenger yes, and, and Wolverine you know, as an Avenger, and right. 
you had all these different ones. Uh, are we gonna get a? Are we gonna? Are we gonna get Ronan back? I, I kind of want to talk about that end title sequence, but I also don't feel like we've been talking about Black Widow at all. Yeah, we've, we've really been a little all over the place. But you know, but, but that honestly, that's the interesting thing about this movie. The movie does serve to tie up loose ends and just sort of set things off in other directions. Um, you know, listen. I mean, what, what do you want to talk about about the movie? You know, I mean, Yelena. I thought was they did a really good job with the character. Um, in the comics, she was sort of um, just okay. Also trained in the Red Room and came and was replacing Natasha, you know, because Natasha was you know no longer with the Russians and eventually mm-hmm. went her own way and got you know at one point she was with Hydra, but now in the comics she's actually working with with Natasha with Black Widow. I like the idea that she's her quote unquote sister. She's not her real sister, but she feels sisterly. Because they actually get to that place of where they sort of are in the comics now, and I think it's a fun dynamic. Um, I, you know, listen personally. I mean, I'd, I'd love Natasha to come back. I, I see. I'm open to the idea of other Natasha Yelena adventures before Natasha sacrifices herself because I think they're implied. They're clearly close more than just what we see on the, on the screen. You know, even I don't know a, a subtle little Easter egg is that um, Yelena calls her dog Fanny at the end. Fanny. Yeah. Explain that. Fanny Longbottom. Okay. Was the alter ego that um that uh she was given in the movie, right? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it's there there's little there's little things there. She's clearly very close. I did not expect I knew that Yelena was gonna show up in Hawkeye. I did not expect it to be that, you know, the setup of oh that she should be hunting him. Uh what's that about? Because we know that Hawkeye changes mantle in the Hawkeye series that we then move from uh you know the the Hawkeye that we know to the next generation Hawkeye. What, well, yeah, I think. That, where where you do you know, think that whole thing fits? Look, if they're smart, you know. I mean, my favorite, you if know, Hawkeye smart, story. We know the they're. We stuff. know they're smart. Marvel's been smart. They we are. They are. Smart. And so I think there's going to get some some of the fraction storyline stuff, which is you know my mm-hmm. nod to that in this T-shirt. Um, you know, obviously it's Kate Bishop. You know, the the very interesting thing I think that you know we don't talk about a lot is, uh, you know, they're basically forming you know something across between young avengers and champions again mm-hmm. i think they probably would go with the champions name because just calling it young avengers is i don't think something outside the comics you do right yeah and i i think when you get the young avengers you're going to start getting that that newer team of which kang was secretly a member of well that's right you have iron lad mm-hmm. you know uh which is young avengers um you know Interestingly enough, you know, we have Wiccan maybe showing up. Yeah. Well, you know? we already, I mean, we've I already seen big, Wiccan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big point, exactly. The Wiccan big was point, one of, uh, for those of y'all who don't know, Wiccan was introduced in uh, WandaVision. WandaVision. She's one of Wanda's kids. Right. And and her whole point, her whole purpose in going into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is getting her kids back. Right. That's right. what she's doing with the Dark Hole. So the yes. question is, at what age are they going to come back? They already age so much. You know, once they're teenagers, you know, they're young Avengers or champions, whatever you want to call them. You know, we're getting Ms. Marvel. We're getting Ironheart. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I would love to see Miles. You know, I, I, something I struggle with. I don't know if you've watched the um, recent Spider-Man uh, animated series. No, but I think that Miles has to enter the well, MCU. The reason I brought that up is it's that, up to Sony, but I mean Miles has to enter yeah. the MCU here well, pretty they quickly. They chose to actually have Miles and Peter be contemporary. 
which mm-hmm. I don't love because I like Peter Moore as a mentor. And they make him mentoree in the sense of, oh, he's more experienced. But, you know, I, I feel like they shouldn't be the same age. And so, you know, it's tricky. Spider-Man's still, you know, as young as he is, you know, in these movies. Um, but, you know, so we'll see if they bother having that analog or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in any version of Champions. Mind you, we're still, I would imagine, a couple years away from something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the Novas, you know, I'd like to see Cosmic Powered Novas. Are it's you really thinking that a Nova... I mean, did you see what Taika Waititi said about the, the next Thor movie? How Thor Love and Thunder is like the craziest thing he, yes. like, he's ever done. And how, I like, did see that. If you were to like write down the elements that are in this yes, film, you'd have thought he, he was insane. Imagine no one make this movie, yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited about that. Um, yeah. But the okay so i i just keep pulling you back to uh and pulling myself back to black widow but uh okay so yelena another street level karate chopping character that we have in the midst of a multiverse cosmic story because this, me, but sure yeah but this phase is going to have the eternals in it and eternals is going to blow yeah. it way cosmic yeah um we haven't even seen how and, that and and eternals i would expect them to acknowledge the comic book origins that Thanos is an offshoot. Yes, he's not a eternal. I think he's a Titan, correct? He's a Titanian eternal. Whatever. No, not whatever. Not, this is this stuff's important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's like a reject uh no, eternal. No. So, Can you explain that to so me? So the Eternals, uh, two brothers, Zeros and Alars, at one point in ancient history fought over who should be ruling the Eternals. Uh Zeros won, and the faction that started with Alars left Earth and they went okay. to Titan. Alars changed his name to Mentor. He had two sons, Eros and Thanos. Okay. So, yeah, Thanos is an Eternal. He's a full-blooded Eternal who didn't grow up on Earth. Okay. They started a whole new civilization on another planet. What we've seen of Thanos is whatever planet he was from, you know, had you know he was their version of Althusian Drill, right? But, okay. you know, there's no reason to think, you know, I mean... He's clearly cosmic powered. Even without the stones, he wouldn't be able to handle them if not if that right. wasn't true. You know, right. so um, it's definitely my hope, and I can't imagine they would not do that because it certainly makes it more interesting. And and the, basically, the idea of Thanos is that, and Eternals very much gets into this this fight, this ancient fight between Eternals and Deviants. And Thanos, even though he's Eternal, looked like a Deviant, and that was like, oh, he was born kind of cursed kind of you know mutated deformed whatever what have you so because the i mean the last eternals trailer was really introducing a lot of the eternals starting to put a little bit more humor in there and humanize it quote unquote to an extent we have not seen what the antagonist is on eternals you believe that it's some version of the deviants or maybe celestials well i think the celestials are the starting point um they might do the thing of oh a celestial is coming to judge earth again you know and obviously it makes it a big, interesting movie. The problem with it, of course, is it's like, all right, great. Now the alien thing's coming, you know, um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Were you about to say Galactus? Well, I, I think that, yeah, there's so many versions of that. And how many times can we go back to the well of an alien's coming to eat the planet or destroy the planet? You know? Yeah. When there's one big one that is the definitive one that we want to see. Yeah. Yeah um big yanks has a suggestion for geekscape they said you know what whenever ian is on can we just have a follow-up document listing the comics he's referencing i want to read all of this stuff and uh he suggests that we uh, bolt t says yeah let's just just go to kernerpedia section of geekscape and it's all in there <laughs> Did uh, i just get drafted 
yeah i think you're gonna have to start writing it up uh it's gonna only take you 15 million years to do all this um yeah if you have the marvel unlimited app or whatever it's called on reading all those comics i think maybe you can start to chip away at some of this stuff using keywords yeah, honestly a lot of that stuff would probably be easy to look at i'd imagine because you know i'm sure don't they do things like go you know, central reading for eternals yeah you know so you know obviously you'll get all that jack kirby stuff there um the thanos stuff beyond the initial eternal stuff goes to those old iron mans like iron man 56 is the first appearance and mm-hmm. you know it's all the jim starlin stuff you want to read you know you get into like classic captain marvel stuff in there which may come back to be important I, when you have the marvels i don't think yeah i don't i don't think that captain marvel is gonna be in well we already got that captain marvel, marvel. we got the nod right right because uh, Benning ended up again speaking of gender swaps they did that with with Marvel. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Gary Briones, who's going to become a part of Geekscape. I have a sense that this guy, Gary, you're going to be seeing more of him in Geekscape. Uh, he says there's going to be Ronin flashbacks in Hawkeye, but I think he's fully put that persona away. I'd like to see someone else take up the Ronin mantle. Yeah, I mean, that'd be as, interesting. As far as, the, as far as the public knows, he's still Ronin. But, but, but by the way, the fact that Echo's showing up may be exactly that. That's what happened in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, it can just be the way that we bring Matt Murdock back into the MCU. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> but now, now, rumor has it that Matt Murdock shows is showing up in Spider Man. Sure, I have heard that rumor. Um, but maybe not Daredevil. Maybe just Matt Murdock. Right. He, yeah, he has to do the legal ease of the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big Yank says, okay, like all these people expiring contracts. What's the reasoning behind eliminating the long term? Marvel contracts. I don't think actors want to sign them. I think actors want to have a little bit of uh, I think they want some freedom as to what they can choose to do. And Feige didn't say that they're not going to exist. He said that they're just not going to, it's not going to be a rule. It's going to be a case by case basis. But yeah, I think that, you know, it it seems like, like Joaquin Phoenix is a great example, though. I think that Cumberbatch ended up being a much better Dr. Strange than Joaquin Phoenix would have been. But, and and I, I don't know that story. Joaquin Phoenix was, was the first choice for Doctor Strange, and he didn't want to be bogged down by the multi-movie uh, commitment. Hmm. But personally, that's just it. I think sometimes I get that actors don't like it, but you want that commitment. You want them to use Doctor Strange a lot, right? You know, you want them to know that they can. So, you know, it's a tricky thing. So I, I think they're just saying that it's not always a rule that they have to, and they're claiming that okay, and they'll negotiate as they go. I think not having those deals means that we may end up seeing some characters get recast more often, mm-hmm. you know, whereas while, you know, Marvel's been shying away from doing that. Yeah. You know, and um, as time goes on, we've had a recast of the Hulk. We've had a recast of Rhodey. I mean, these things have happened. Right. I, I pardon me. I expect them to continue, but um, I, know, also, I also expect the one-off stories to continue. I don't, having seen three, Disney Plus series so far. I don't think any of these series get second seasons. I think we just get an, a, more little chapters and series. Rumor is that Loki's going to be have a second season, but I, well, I guess we'll see. You know, this week what uh, what that looks like. Okay, here's the second season of Loki. You get the alligator Loki and Throg teaming up, running the cosmos. I like it. I'm in. Well, that's what we're getting. I want that. I want I want Throg and alligator Loki teaming up. And uh, just doing their thing, you know, a road tripping across the cosmos, you know, maybe a little Howard the Duck thrown in there and let's just get all the different animals. Yeah, they, 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 have, they have the Inhumans, right? I want Lockjaw. 
Yeah, let's get Lockjaw teleporting him everywhere. Uh, Beta Ray Bill jumps in there with his horse right. head. Let's get all, let's get all the weird animal. Uh, you know, so many of them are from the Thor universe, <laughs> corner of the universe too. <laughs> let's well, get that, him in there. By the way, that, that that's a big question. If, if he's going that big in love and thunder, is Beta Ray Bill going to show up? Well, not just Beta Ray Bill, but are we going to get the dog? What's the name of the dog? Uh, the Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> that just wants to kill oh, everything. Uh, Thory. Thory. We get yeah. the Thory Pitbull dog. I we love got, Thory. We got to get the goats. I, you know what, Ian? I'll put money down that the goats are showing up. In yeah, Love I and Thunder. The okay, the goats are showing up. Well, the goats are going back to the Simons and stuff. Yeah. And he's definitely more in the, Thor isn't more in the, in the Aaron realm, so. I know, but you know that the Walt Simons and stuff is kind of going to get. Sure. Drawn sure. in, at least stylistically. Well, well, even the outfits, a callback, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, if you're doing the Walt Simons and stuff, you you got to have Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. We already saw his visage on the, you That's know, right. on and the Ragnar. car. But we'll get it. Um, okay. We got a question from Bold T. He said, did Red Guardian actually fight with Captain America? No. In, in jail, they proved he was lying, but he asked Natasha if Cap mentioned him after he got rescued. She, he literally asks Natasha, he does, does, it, does Steve Rogers talk it, about it, me? It, it, it's, a, it's a deluded ego thing that Captain America would have heard of him and would have had a conversation with Natasha about him because he mm-hmm. just want, he's desperate to believe that he's that big and that important. You know, seemingly, and we have no evidence one way or the other, you know, he was a great operative that they put in undercover and then they put him out the pasture. I mean, was he that good an operative? He seemed like a pretty good operative to me getting away there, you yeah. know, and yet in so many ways he is kind of a joke. You know, mm-hmm. I know one of the things you wanted to talk about was the, the rest of um, the Winter Guard, the Winter Guard. You know, um, I loved the jokes. You know, I mean, there, there's a there's a call out to, to Ursa Minor. Actually, okay. Ursa Major. Walk, walk me through uh, them, because the one that I caught was the one that was for um, not right. Uh, was for Crimson, Crimson Dynamo. Dynamo. Yeah. So, so there's so a Crimson, Crimson Dynamo, Dynamo is basically the, the, the Iron Russian Man Iron of Man. that team. Yeah. You know, so, and then um, which we have no reason to think exists and yet you would expect it. But here's the problem is the whiplash in Iron Man 2 basically was Crimson Dynamo with a whiplash look. Agreed. But the character was Crimson Dynamo. Agreed. So I think Wait, that's a throwaway line and we're not going to see Crimson Dynamo. The human character was named after the Crimson Dynamo that's right. alter ego, yes. not yes. the whiplash alter ego. That's right. Uh, that's messy. No, because they liked the idea of the whips and they thought that looked cool and that's the way they went. But then even the origin, sure. the Russian scientists, all that stuff, that, that all came from the Crimson Dynamo background. Sure. So that's what they did. So now you have the throwaway. And it's funny because as if she doesn't know Red Guardian, Crimson Dynamo, I thought it was a great line. I thought it was very clever. Um, and then, you know, the callback to, to Ursa Major was, so in the comics, Ursa Major is like, this, you know, becomes this giant bear, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you know, so I don't think, you know, I think that that's the closest thing we get to it. That sort of reminded me a bit of Deadpool 2. I didn't catch it in the film. What was the call about? Oh, the guy, the guy that um, he has the arm wrestling match with and he yes. breaks it. He breaks it. Yeah, it was Ursa. Oh, that's funny. And, and, he, yeah, and, he, I call, and he called them the, the, the little bear. I did not put that together. And yeah. this is why... I miss out whenever I don't go to the movies with this because as much as you interrupt the movie, you know, uh, whispering factoids into our ears throughout, those are very valuable sometimes. I didn't do it to Justin at all this time. Why don't you, why do you hate Justin? I don't. Oh, you hate me. 
I mean, I'm not saying that. <laughs> That's a great call out, and I didn't catch that. I like that arm wrestling scene. Um, yeah. I thought that, that. I mean, that was a that was a silly scene. The rescue from the from the like the gulag or whatever. But it, it was is. it was but well they, done. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, you know, it was great. You know, the the white outfits were great. They pulled that from uh, one of the miniseries with the Red Room stuff. Um, I thought that the the idea of them tying it all together with uh, the Winter Soldier and that, you know, because there's a little bit of a moment where you're thinking like, oh, okay, they're just rehashing the same plot. And they're like, well, no, it's not a rehash. I mean, it's still a rehash, arguably, but it's okay because they're getting the technology from somewhere where it, it seemingly worked and they're improving upon it. So mm-hmm. call out that that's actually what they're stealing. Yeah, you they're know, building like upon. That. Yeah, they're building upon the Winter, the Winter Soldier. Soldier technology. Yeah. Uh, question, well, my which, buddy by the Andy. way, is interesting in itself because whereas in the movies, in the MCU, the Winter Soldier was a Hydra thing. Yes. In the comics, he's Russian. Yes, agree. In fact, honestly, they'd already made this decision that Natasha is normal age and did not have a history with the Winter Soldier. In the comics, she actually had a history with Bucky as the Winter Soldier. From when she was a Russian agent, because in the comics, Natasha is actually really old. She's um, almost as old as Steve is, mm-hmm. but because you know, because they gave her a version of the Super Soldier Serum in the comics that slowed her aging. Yes, I so, mean that's where you get those storylines in the comic where they they she worked with Logan and Cap. Right. For well, she was a kid. Yeah. That's X Men two sixty eight. Mm-hmm. She was a kid, and they saved her in during World War Two. Yeah, which is just insane when you stretch it like that but right i I think this mcu history works and again like we said earlier it still leaves gaps for stories that involve hawkeye stories that involve yelena and as garrett said this is the strength of the movie was these this dinner scene in the characters but alexi and yelena's scene in the bedroom was one of my absolute favorites in the movie when he when he starts getting those tranquilizer darts in the chest i'm laughing my ass off he gets one he says does that really think it'll stop me and then he gets like nine more immediately yeah Yeah, it's great (laughs) It's a fun story. So Andy caught a, uh, my buddy Andy, who I'm hanging out with because who knows if my apartment has power or not rolling blackouts, everybody can serve your energy. Um, we've got a, uh, a question. Um, he said, why, why didn't the red room operators just destroy the mist? If they could have woken up the black widows, just chuck it out the window, just destroy it. You had the vials. They got the vials back halfway through the movie. Why not just that, destroy That's them? an interesting question. It's a good question. You, you know, you have to wonder about, you know, keeping antidotes around for, for reasons. I mean, maybe there's a reason that it can go bad and they need to break someone out of it. Ian, you've been, a a su- you've been a super soldier before. Why would you keep the antidote around? You're a super soldier now. Why would you keep the antidote around? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know... I definitely think there's probably an in-universe reason for that. Something along the lines of, you know, listen, I mean, I can come up with something. Because you, you know, don't have a movie may, otherwise? May, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously there's that, right? Uh, but, you know, it could be that they can only be exposed a certain amount of time and they have to take them out to maybe put them back under again. Sure. I mean, you know, there's definitely reasons for it, right? Beyond uh, possible Secret Avengers or Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts, do we see... Yelena continuing uh, the Black Widow storyline. Do we see Taskmaster again? Well, that's what that's what I, that's my question is. I think that if they decide to do a sequel to this movie, I think they set it in between Infinity War and Endgame. Okay, talk to me again. If they do another one, it's before. Oh, it's yeah, in those. It's in years. that five year gap. Yes. Yeah, during the snap. 
the snap, the world kept going. I mean, the world was a mess in a lot of ways, you know? I mean, the trick of setting anything during the snap is it's population, but what's really the trick? You film wherever you film and you don't have as many people around. Mm -hmm. That's what it is, you know? But I mean, I think, I think there's plenty of story there. And, and I'm wondering if there isn't somewhere, I mean, that's, that's the question, you know, I, I don't think that, that Natasha made a deal with Thunderbolt Ross, but I, I feel like there's some story point there, the way she got away. Right. Cause you know, I, yeah, I don't know that Thunderbolt would just let her go and spring the other team. I mean, here's my question. How much time goes by during this movie? A couple weeks? Sure. Right. I mean, if that, Natasha yeah. gets out at the beginning, she goes, you know, to Europe, she's off the grid. She goes, to you know, test. you know, for a minute because the generator dies pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's all of what, what it's a couple of days and she's in Budapest. Sure. You know, and then the rest of that was like, you know, the whole movies, then another couple of days. Like, I don't think it's a long time. No. You know, yeah, they were in jail, but they were in jail that long. Right. Before they get broken out. One credit sequence. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not. Cl- <laughs> it they're they're in jail long enough to be sitting there, but you know it's not been months, right? You know, right. which I mean, ar- arguably, it's like you know it should be at least at least be a few weeks to even plan a jailbreak, but whatever, you know. How many have you planned before? Hmm. How many jailbreak breaks have you planned? I haven't planned it. It just sounded like you were pretty casual with that response. Ian. Well, you, you would, like, you would eh. just think it takes time to get intel and everything else and do it. But, you know, I guess if you <laughs> kept it America, it's not really that big a deal. Nah, he just shows up on a Wednesday and is like, yeah. yo, let's go get our friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ian, uh, Balti does want to say, can we see Ian's puppy? If you are watching this on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, you can see on video that Ian's got a sleeping puppy behind him. And yes. really the question is, Ian... Does the puppy have a Marvel name? No. Okay. No. No? That, that, that's Francis. Hi, Francis. Do you want to say hi? Francis is kind of looking around like, no, y'all are hi. nerds. <laughs> are we too nerdy for Francis? Yeah, she's shaking her tail. Okay. Francis she can't is, hear you. So, you know, Francis she is only down. hears my side. That's why she's shaking her tail. If she could hear my voice, she'd be running out of the room. Uh, so, Ian. Well, she knows you. <laughs> she does. Um, Ian, other uh, things you'd like to add to the special before you wrap things uh, up? And we see, see you what back else. here we, we, in a we, week. Yeah, we we talked um, we talked about the gender swap. We talked about uh, abomination, uh, winter guard stuff. Um, I mean, yeah. So then moving forward, that yeah. I mean, listen. Obviously, I think it's obvious that that Yelena and Natasha kept in touch beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, you know, I, I think that you actually, you could do a whole movie in the time that Natasha, you know, that now it's actually post civil war. Cause again, the whole movie takes place between the end of civil war and, and, and the tag. Yes. Right. So we actually don't, we actually don't get, you know, yes, they set up her hair and, you know, and, and the vest, which is great. And you don't need it, but you know you could you could set a movie that she leaves the rest of them and goes off because you know I mean what what do we know? We know they're going to end up they end up forming you know a uh, base of operations in Wakanda. I mean you know it, that's it's Secret Avengers at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Cap Secret Avengers is what happened at that point, but we don't see it. Right. You know, then you know they're after Infinity War, they're all pardoned, and Natasha ends up running a team. We know that's, you know, basically it's cosmic, but yep. there's certainly, I'm sure there's stuff on Earth and you know, five years go by. Yeah, that's the that's the Captain Marvel team with Shuri and... 
Right. Now, mind you, clearly, Yelena has worked with uh, the Contessa somewhere in that time. Yeah. So, I mean, there's things happening. There's missions that people did. There, you know. And targeting Hawkeye, what is that? I mean, obviously, it's... Why doesn't Yelena just call her on her bullshit? It's titillating is what it is. Whether or not it's really going to be about that or not, you know, it, it begs the question... Does Yelena have any idea of what happened there? Like for me, one of my first thoughts was, well, Clint probably knows all about Yelena from Natasha, I would think. Maybe not because after Infinity War, you know, Clint is not in it, Mm -hmm. right? After Civil War, he's off with the family. So he was not in with the secret Avengers, Right. The family dies. We see in Endgame that they've not been in touch. He's been off the grid. So whatever Natasha's been up to and getting close to Elena again, odds are she never really had an opportunity to communicate any of that to Clint. Mm-hmm. He's so running. that's something I wonder about. Is he going to know all about her and be able to say, hey, no, I know all about you from Natasha. You know, we should be good. Yeah. You know? Um, but... And are the things that Contessa has issues with the Ronin activities or the Hawkeye activities? I think the Ronin activities. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Um, one of the big issues I had in Falcon Winter Soldier is we don't actually know what the public knows or thinks. Even like even Steve Rogers, like people think he's dead. Do they think he's missing? When do they think he went missing? What is it people think happened? He turned into Joe Biden. But so he looked like I mean, very much so. But I'm saying <laughs> that you know, but the public doesn't know that, right? Right. We don't even know if the other Avengers know that. Mm-hmm. You know, and yet they had that ceremony, so they know something. Yes, they know that he gave the shield to Sam, and seemingly is not coming back. So do do, do they think he's dead? And how and why? Because right. mind you. Till they see old Steve, they think he's coming back. So likewise, so everyone, they know that Black Widow died. She sacrificed herself. So, all right, clearly the contestant knows a lot more than you'd think she'd know. Because someone spilled the beans on what actually happened. And now she's twisting that. So, Ian, these, like, we're going to start getting the answers to these things. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of empty slots. Abomination maybe in Shang Chi or in She Hulk. We're gonna get the answers to that next phase of Abomination, right? And we're gonna get. Will we of, get more Thunderbolt Ross there? Probably. Will we get Thunderbolt Ross as the Red Hulk? Oh, Jesus! Wow! I don't know, Ian. I don't have these. I don't have these. The, 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 I don't. I don't know. I don't have answers for you, Ian. You don't. Why not? <laughs> Because <laughs> as I said on this show many times on the main show, uh, when it comes to geekdom, I'm a mile wide and an inch deep. Like, <laughs> got to cover a lot coming up on on Geekscape. Um, I mean, we're getting She-Hulk. Do you want to see Betty Ross back? And do you want a red a red She-Hulk? Yes. Anything that that, that harpy cool. thing that we have in Immortal Hulk right now because it horrifies me. So good though. It's so scary. Um, all right. I want a leader is what I want. I want the leader to start popping Which up. Which they set up. So, Ian, that's our thoughts on Black Widow. We're going to be back here in a week for Loki, the wrap-up on Loki. I want all the you Geekscapists to be a part of that, too. So be in there. We had a pretty active 
chat room today. So thank you, everybody, who was a part of that. Um, and then we got Shang-Chi, and then we got some Eternals, and we got What If. What If looks great. There's so much going on so here, dude. Awesome. What If looks awesome. Um, on the Geekscape side of things. I don't know things, how many episodes of What If we're going to get. Do you? No, I think we're going to get six or eight, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're doing the same thing. It's animated, you know. Yeah, it's, it's but it, it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, so Geekscape is uh, on the bookkeeping end of Geekscape. We got a pretty big week. We're launching our blood drive this Friday and we're having a live stream. We're having episode Geekscape episode 600. It's going to be a live stream. It's going to be several hours long culminating in the 600 episode of Geekscape, which you would think I'd be making more noise about that. But there have been so many episodes of Geekscape that I have not counted in the numerical order that episode 600 is really, if I look at the number of Geekscapes I've recorded, like this special that don't have a numerical order on them. There's like 750 of them. <laughs> so episode of Geekscape is tough. Uh, Garrett Briones claims that there are 10 episodes of What If, which makes Jonathan a very happy boy. Cool. Um, I'm excited about that. And uh, so, yeah, this week we have a couple things going on. We got the blood drive in uh, memory of our friend Chris Ellis, the uh, Geekscapist we lost in May. We're going to launch that on Friday. It's going to run for a month. There are ways for you to win prizes and be a part of it if you donate blood or platelets, which will be fun. If you haven't done it, we have a video launching on Friday that tells you all the ways that you can do it and how easy it is. Um, we have Geekscape 600. The live stream is going to involve several of our podcasts. It's going to have some people you haven't seen in a while coming back to Geekscape. Um, Ian, you're always welcome to be a part of Geekscape 600 that night. That's Friday night. You're very popular, though, so maybe not. It's up to you. Um, oh, some of our other podcasts, though, are having big events as well. Our friends at Femme Regard, our female filmmaking podcast, have launched uh their western they have a western that's up on their youtube channel right now so props to that uh go check it out it'll be fun um i have to watch it i think it premieres here in a few hours but um yeah geekscape us you know all this stuff because you're a member of the facebook group or the facebook page on you know just search for geekscape on facebook you'll find both we're on twitter we're on instagram we're constantly updating things. There's a lot going on. We're 15 minutes into this, or 15 years into this thing. <laughs> Not 15 minutes. 15 minutes of fame, yes. That that passed back in 06. But 15 years of this thing, and we're just going strong. Um, so that's what we got. If you have any questions, want to advertise on Geekscape or be a part of it in any way, Jonathan at Geekscape.net is my email. And um, all that. Bold T said, Facebook page, hashtag boomer alert. Well, yeah, Ian and I are technically still part of Generation X, so I think in character we don't. You, you, you say that yeah. as I mean, yeah. I'm firmly yeah. Generation yeah. X. In, <laughs> you're, you're I'm, I'm in the ta- I'm in the tail end of of uh, Generation X, so I can with authority say, Bolty, who gives a fuck? <laughs> That's a very Generation X thing to say. Like, yeah. F off. Um, but yeah, this is Geekscape. We love you, uh, Bolt T and Garrett and everybody who's part of the live uh, broadcast. Big Yanks. We don't forget you. And uh, subscribe to Geekscape. Share it with your friends. And uh, we're going to have more of these coming up very quickly. Not just episode 600, but the Loki special in a week. So hope you like your Geekscape. <laughs> we're gonna Suicide Squad soon, too. Suicide Squad looks awesome. Yep, super excited. Uh, and it looks like we're going to have Starro as a villain on screen finally, which is so fucking cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Geekscape is uh, for Ian Kerner. Geekscape forever. Over and out. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.